Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Bull Realty for expert service for commercial brokerage. Reach out to us at bullrealty.com, or you can reach out to me personally. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. Well, today we're going to talk about self-storage, and I think self-storage is an interesting sector because it's gained an institutional popularity over the last uh, several years. Uh, also, it had a good run, I think, during during COVID, with a lot of people using self-storage, and it seems to be uh, more and more a, a favored class by folks. It certainly has some advantages when you think about turnkey and turnover, and you know you can use uh, less staff. Uh, so there's a lot of advantages to self-storage, but how is it performing? What are expectations moving forward? Let's find out. Please welcome my guest. It's Emregard Jabber. She's Senior Economist with Moody's Analytics. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you. And, and first of all, you know, I, I, as I recall, self-storage seems like it had a really good run kind of during COVID, really good occupancy and rate increases. Is that true? And, and where are we now? What's the trend now for performance? Absolutely. Self-storage was one of the darlings of, of the pandemic era, you know, along with multifamily and industrial. Uh, it is experiencing a pullback, but a slight pullback. And uh, certainly what we know is that there's a lot of cyclicality in the self-storage sector. That's historical. Um, it goes back decades and decades, and it really revolves around the second and third quarters of a year, which if you think of the months of the year, it spring, summer. Uh, and that really relates to the fact that people typically move around the school schedule, whether it's because they're uh, in higher education or they have small children or they're just accustomed to moving over the summertime period. Uh, and so that's really been the period where self-storage has flourished historically every year. Uh, during COVID, that, of course, was upended. And self-storage was doing spectacularly well uh, every quarter of the year. And that's because people really adopted remote and hybrid uh, work styles. And therefore, they were able to move, relocate, uh, perhaps look for more house in a less expensive area out of state while still maintaining their high paying job. Think of California, New York, all of the moves to Florida and, and Texas. Uh, so that certainly helped the self-storage sector uh, boom uh, really in 2021 and 2022. Uh, in the second half of last year, though, we saw an earlier than expected uh, pullback in the third quarter, which is completely atypical. But that's, of course, because there was a lot of macro uncertainty and a lot of the push of uh, people moving during the pandemic slowed down tremendously. Uh, nonetheless, with the return to cyclicality, we're also seeing that first quarters of, of a year, so the first quarter of 2023, for example, is performing quite well, better than a typical first quarter historically. 
So what are you seeing for terms of uh, rate, rental rates um, and, and, and income on these properties uh, when, and trend-wise when you look at the last couple of years and, and now? So if we think of first, let's look at occupancy. So our data is showing that right now the vacancy rate stands at about 11.5%, which is still uh, 30 to 40 basis points higher than it was during the first quarter uh, sorry, lower than it was in the first quarter of 2022. So occupancy is higher now in the first quarter of 2023 year over year. Uh, and so that continued elevated demand, despite the macro headwinds, uh, continues to see uh, a real push, uh, positive push in, in, the, in the rent, uh, asking rent space. So, for example, if we uh, look at 10 by 10 um, climate controlled units, for example, uh, we saw that in the first quarter of the year, rents increased 0.3%. And if we look at 10 by 10 non-climate controlled units, uh, rents increased 1.2% in the first quarter. And we expect these healthy rent increases to continue. Of course, they're not going to be the outsized uh, rent growth of the past 18 months to two years, but they're still extremely strong and healthy for the sector. Yeah, that's an interesting sector. And, and it seems like some of the municipalities um, don't look at self-stores very favorably, right? Is there a, a barrier to entry uh, in this sector that, that impacts it and kind of favorably, if you will? So... Self-storage historically has been very much a mom-and-pop business. Uh, and that meant that it was easier to build, um, easier to, to bring to market, uh, perhaps not as much regulation, but also the properties themselves were far more basic. And although REITs and other institutional investors have been in the space for a long time, uh, the past two years have really uh, accelerated growth. And in fact, they've purchased a lot of properties from uh, mom and pop investors. And so now, of course, they build in a different way. They build bigger, they build better. Um, and that always uh, comes with some pushback from, from municipalities. But it's important to note that so much of the institutional self-storage space is moving towards the adoption of prop tech. And this also raises another point, which is climate-controlled versus non-climate-controlled uh, properties. So I mentioned 10 by 10 units earlier because that's the most common uh, size. Uh, and so, so what we're seeing is that the demand for climate-controlled units has really accelerated over the past two years. Um, that is in part due to climate concerns. But at the, same, at the same time, what we see is that that, of course, requires more energy and uh, you know, more power to serve the property, and that, of course, uh, raises uh, a different set of issues with building with municipalities and so forth. Okay. And did you say, uh, I'll make sure I caught that correctly, you said the institutional uh, ownership groups are using more uh, uh, technology? Is that what you said? They are. They okay. are. 
So, so they're, they're obviously trying to make their businesses the most efficient and the most profitable um, possible. And so in doing so, they're incorporating a lot of tech. And that, of course, is very attractive to millennial and Gen Z uh, renters in particular because they are more used to technology. And that's certainly higher on their wish list than perhaps uh, previous tenants were were interested in. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but, you know, I'm an old guy and I just used uh, a, a self-storage. And I did it online, uh, moved in online, I used it, and then you know my payments were automatically done online. And my uh, and when I moved out, I just I, it was online, and it was it was very very straightforward. I never really met or talked to anyone, uh, and it was a great experience. Uh, and I think yeah, I think that is a big push for some of these properties to use more technology to reduce their expenses, right? And 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 maybe uh, and maybe their income as well on on the growth side. What are you seeing for cap rates on self-storage properties? Because uh, it seems like for years the cap rates have almost been surprisingly low uh, for self-storage properties, and, and I guess there's good reason for it. But what are you seeing trend-wise now for cap rates? Yeah, they're extremely competitive. Uh, if we think about demand drivers and and you know what investors look at when they value properties, what we've seen again. A lot of it is a COVID story. And um, if we th- think really about any sector, we've just seen a complete acceleration in trends that were already happening uh, pre-2020. But going back to self-storage in particular, because industrial did so well and continues to do very well uh, comparatively, uh, a lot of smaller business operations actually turned to self-storage for their warehousing needs because they were either uh, priced out or sized out of the warehouse and distribution sector uh, during the boom of the past two and a half, three years. And so uh, while that demand, specific demand driver has calmed down a little bit, it speaks to the value of self-storage and how it goes beyond perhaps, you know, somebody uh, maybe moving houses and needing a temporary location for their for their uh, belongings, and it speaks to more uh, need and demand in the sector. So, so cap rates for self storage are competitive. They'll continue to be competitive because the fundamental macro drivers of demand for the self storage sector, although as I mentioned a bit earlier, uh, there has been a bit of a slowdown. The, the fundamentals are still there for tremendous demand growth over the coming years. Uh, and so that will maintain uh, cap rates in the self-storage sector quite low, quite competitive compared to uh, other sectors. Uh, and certainly what we're going to be seeing is that occupancy is expected to continue to rise and vacancy will continue to fall. Yeah, well, that's good news for the sector. It's been interesting to see this rapid increase. The Fed's uh, uh, flourished <laughs> across the nation. Uh, interest rate increases so fast, it's really impacted cap rates in, in, in every sector. It's been interesting to see the different sectors, how they've impacted differently. Uh, like, you know, you, you talked about industrial, you know, maybe multifamily, kind of not really that big of increase in at least the Class A type of properties. 
what kind of increase did you have you seen in self storage, if any? Completions are definitely low in the self storage sector. Uh, the past few quarters, every quarter's completions have been well below the historic 10-year average if we look at 2010 uh, to 2020. Um, and so that is another positive for uh, self-storage fundamentals because if completions are low and demand remains at the pace that we're seeing and is expected to also increase a bit, uh, that means that rents will continue to rise, occupancy will continue to rise, and the self-storage sector will remain uh, very interesting for investors. Well, what do you think, um, where are some opportunities in the self-storage sector for folks? So certainly in the West, um, that continues to be an area that is extremely uh, hot, both uh physically in terms of climate and uh, in terms of population movement. And population migration really has uh, a huge impact on the self-storage sector. So uh, going back to climate briefly, for example, in the Southwest, demand and, and rent growth, occupancy growth for climate-controlled units has far outstripped non-climate controlled units. And that, of course, is because people want to protect their belongings against uh, climate climate concerns. So those are certainly regions that are uh, opportunity zones for, for self-storage. But additionally, we're also seeing a lot of movement back to urban areas. And typically, of course, in urban areas, uh, the size of properties is uh, much smaller. I mean, if you think of New York, Chicago, Miami, if you live in an apartment, uh, apartments are typically smaller than houses. And so that move to urban areas or back to urban areas in the case of New York especially uh, means that people will, will certainly be uh, in need of, of self-storage space for their additional belongings. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So it sounds like there's opportunities in climate control, uh, maybe in new, in new construction in some of these markets, right? If there's a slowdown um, in uh, new supply. Um, and then maybe uh, if, if we need more supply and, and, and properties are performing well and the forecast is, is well, is doing well, then maybe conversion of some of these um, office buildings potentially uh, uh, for some self-storage. Absolutely. I mean, that, you know, presents a, an opportunity. What we've seen lately, and this is a bit off the self-storage topic, but what we've seen lately in um, some pockets of suburban office space is that it's obviously no longer um, really in demand as office space and it's being torn down to build data centers. And so that, of course, presents an opportunity for the self-storage sector, particularly in suburban areas. Um, and even in, in urban areas, although um, costs to conversion and regulations to conversion are, are much higher, uh, but it definitely presents an opportunity uh, for uh, land that currently houses obsolete office space. Yeah. We're, we're tracking at our brokerage firm here in our office division, all the 
office buildings on the market uh, over 50,000 square feet in the U.S. that are on the market at less than $100 a square foot for possible conversions. And, you know, that seems like uh, in some of those uh, buildings that might be by, might be a good use to convert if the self-storage market outlook is is that strong. Oh my God, what, what would you leave our audience with to think about related to self-storage? I would say that while self-storage is perhaps experiencing a small lull at the moment and not necessarily growing at uh, the frenetic pace that it's been growing for the past eight quarters, um, the fundamentals are very positive and the outlook on the sector is extremely positive going forward for the next year, five years, 10 years. Great. Well, I'll leave it uh, on, on that note. I'm doing the Snoopy dance over here. So <laughs> thank you for that. And thank you for being with us. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you for joining us. Uh, hey, let us know what you think about the self-storage. Uh, are you a developer, owner, seller, buyer? Have you, are you thinking about maybe getting uh, diversifying your holdings and getting into self-storage, reach out to me. Uh, let me know what you think. And thank you for joining us. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.